Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Career Services Assistant Director Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And today's guest on our podcast is... I am Rebecca Lobina. I am the Director of Continuing Professional Education and uh, the Director of the Missouri Small Business Development Center for Northwest. That might be a record title. That is, that's a title and a half. So it's a fold-out business card. Yeah. Welcome, Rebecca. So since you have such an amazing title, maybe you could explain what what you do, because those are like, that's like two sort of separate director titles. Yeah, absolutely. So what I've done the longest with Northwest for the last 15 years is the director of the Missouri Small Business Development Center. So small business development centers are across the nation. They are funded in part by a grant from the SBA, the Small Business Administration, and then their uh, matching funds come from a host university. So my host university is Northwest Missouri State. And uh, the reason they are uh, matched funds from a university is because my job um, is to work with small business owners to help educate them to be more successful in their business. And so it makes sense that we're matched with higher education. And then on the other side of uh, my job is the continuing professional education. And this is much newer for me as well as for Northwest. Um, We now have this Center for Professional Development. And within that center, um, we've we've only had this department or center for about three or four years now. And what we're doing is working to offer, well, it's in the name, continuing education, right? But really what it is, is the non-credit side of the world. So when you think of going out there in the professional world and um, you have your degree, but you may also need a certification or a certification may just be something that you want because it puts you a step ahead of the others that are applying for jobs. And so I help people on that side of the world also to get ahead. So two sort of very complementary sort of roles, right? You talked about small business development being kind of the first aspect of that. Can you share with us how you found that opportunity or how you got into why you were interested in helping small businesses from this sort of perspective? What actually happened was in my early career and my undergrad degree, both were in exercise science. And so I was originally a registered clinical exercise physiologist. I worked at KU Med, did that for roughly seven years, had my baby girl who is now 16. (laughs) Once I had her though, um, I was living in St. Joseph and traveling back and forth from um, KU to St. Joe. I didn't like that anymore with my little girl. That was two hours of the day I was missing, right? And so um, moving to uh, Kansas City wasn't an option at the time. And so uh, I looked for a job up here. Well, part of my background also is that I have owned a couple of small businesses in the past. Computer repair was one of them. Another one was, um, it was called Go St. Joe Kids. And it was all online. And it was just information that parents like myself could find in order to know what's going on in the community since I wasn't originally from the community. A lot of times when you're plugged into the community, you know exactly what's going on, where to go, 
but when you're not from there, it's a little, a little different and more difficult. So anyhow, having had that background of working myself in small businesses, uh, when this opportunity came about to be uh, to the, the director that had been the director of the Small Business Development Center for Northwest for years, went away, he, he moved to Texas, I believe. I applied. I was like, this is perfect, you know, because my daughter was only like four or five months old and it was here in St. Joseph where I live. That's where the, the office was located for the Small Business Development Center. And and then I interviewed and then um, later found out that after I got the job, they told me that the reason that they hired me compared to the other candidates was because when it came down to like the last three of us, they said, which one of these people are most approachable from like someone on the street? If they had to ask questions, who would be less intimidating? And that was me. And so (laughs) ultimately I got the job because I am not intimidating. Here's what I say. That is a great story because I tell people all the time, you have no idea what that hiring manager is thinking. And they have some very strange criteria for making their decisions sometimes. So yeah, you just never know. Before we go there, so this is interesting. I didn't know about the exercise physiology piece. Can you back up a little bit and tell us a little bit about <laughs> that? Because that's something that is super fascinating. And I don't think we've ever had anybody on here who could kind of tell us, did you want to do that like from an early age? And and what type of work was that? And kind of give us a little bit of the benefit of that hidden experience. So yes, I did want to do that. Um, like I said, I did get an undergrad degree in and actually went into that field. Um, but like a lot of people, um, you never know where you're going to end up and what you're going to end up doing. But I did, I did love that job. I truly did. Um, I liked working in healthcare. I liked helping people. Um, if you've ever heard of a an a exercise stress test, a cardiac stress test where they hook you up to a EKG and you run on a treadmill, or sometimes they just give you a drug that makes it that mimics you running on a treadmill. And <laughs> um, that would have been me that was making you run on the treadmill and watching your EKG and you know making sure nothing bad happens. So that was that was my job, and and I I loved my job. It was great. I got to meet all kinds of different people and help prevent them from having heart attacks by finding you know, blockages with through that test that that they had done. And so I really did like it. But what I found out later is that in the healthcare field, um, if you want to work your way up, no matter where you're at, they want you to have an RN degree, a nursing degree. And I didn't have a nursing degree. My my degree was more um, specific and technical. It was like a niche field. And so while I enjoyed it, I actually ended up going back to school and getting my master's to try to kind of leapfrog, if you will, (laughs) to move up. And I did eventually make supervisor, but that was like over like the EKG tax and the halter monitor tax and um, some other stuff. But I, I was never going to go any higher than that. And so that bothered me too. But I do, I still miss that world. But the one thing I don't miss about that world is that in my field now, nobody dies ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is not part of my job. And so, um, (laughs) I never had anybody die on me, but I will, I do tell this story all the time. Like I went on vacation two different times that I went on vacation, somebody flatlined while doing the stress test and I was not there. Gracious. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See, that does not happen when, (laughs) when you're just consulting with business owners. So 
This is also a high point of our job. People rarely die during the process of looking yes. for work. So <laughs> there's silver lining you didn't know was there. Can you tell us, this is so fascinating to me. Can you tell us what skills and maybe things that you learned in that role that maybe transferred over to make you be successful in the role that you're in now? Probably the most important one and that that I that is easily recognizable is um, just communication with different individuals. So I am by nature a um, introvert. I'm quiet, fairly shy, but uh, with that position that I was in early in my career, I mean, I'm right there in your face and like, take your shirt off. I got to put EKGs, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you have to be, um, well, you know, you just, you just, you just have to understand that um, I'm I'm going to do that and, and you're going to sweat and I'm going to take your blood pressure while you're running. And, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm going to have, I had to create this rapport with the person so that they had at least some uh, trust uh, in what I was doing, that I knew what I was doing. And, um, and that rapport creating is essentially what got you the job, right? Because it caused it you to not be out, intimidating, right? Oh, exactly. And who knew? I didn't know I was building those skills. I'm also working with a, a large number of different people. So you work in healthcare, um, in my job anyway, I worked with the ultrasound techs um, directly and with like the nuclear techs. And then I also worked with the nurses. And then I worked, of course, with doctors. And then I worked with like office staff. And so I worked with all these different kinds of people daily and, and having to liaison between like the patient and the echo tech and the doctor. And, you know, it, it was just... Um, I was building skills, communication skills that I didn't even know I was doing at the time. But looking back, I can see that I it definitely helped me. And now I work with people of all different groups and, and all different ages, just like I did before. And uh, I'm, I can easily communicate with them and hopefully make them feel at ease as well before they open up their life to me about their businesses and what they're doing and what's going wrong. You mentioned owning a couple of businesses or kind of running a couple of businesses. How did you, how did you get into that? Cause that seems, you know, you're doing the the stress tests and, you know, stuff within your major and then you get your yeah. master's, but then you own a computer repair business. You know, you've heard of like, um, side gigs. Well, I did side gigs before they were called side gigs, you know, <laughs> even in college. So way back when, um, when I went to college, I actually ended up getting uh, my certification through the American college of sports medicine for exercise physiology. So I did that. Um, I think the first one was an exercise specialist and then you, it's like a ranking and then you move up. So I did that while I was still in college. I actually went to Dallas, Texas to get that certification and took like a week long boot camp kind of thing and, and took the test and stuff. And then while I was in college, the little entrepreneur bug was in me. And so I was a personal trainer for a few individuals. And so I would go to their house. They would have like these were well-to-do individuals who <laughs> had like their own gym and stuff inside their house. And so I would go there and, and give them exercise plans and, and work as a personal trainer with them. So that was really my first experience as, you know, having a, a business, but I never did do anything official. Like I didn't register the business or get a business license or anything like that. I was just kind of doing it on the side. And then Eventually, you know, you get married and my husband was into computers and stuff. And so 
we started our own business doing that. And I did like all the back office stuff and the QuickBooks. And I'm still like a great with QuickBooks to this day because I did so much with QuickBooks in the back then. So, you know, I got to see, you know, I got to really see firsthand what it was like to start the official business, to run it, to, to do the bookkeeping on it, taxes on it, you know, working with the city. And, and it just, it was very eye-opening, all the different aspects that come about with being an entrepreneur. So that's kind of how I got into that role. Which maps directly to then helping business owners, right? So give us sort of like, I know your days are varied, <laughs> um, but give us sort of like an overview of what it what it looks like to be an advisor. Do you, do you meet with people where they are? Do they come to you? What kind of help? Like what's the most requested help that they ask for? Like FAQs. So first I can come to them. They can come to my office or we can do it like this. We can do it via Zoom. I love the fact that more and more people know what Zoom is so that they're and they feel comfortable using it now. That helps a lot with my day to day because there's a lot less travel now involved um, going to and from. So that's how we can meet. And then um, I can even meet with them on the telephone if they really just can't do any other way. And I've done that before. You know, I have an eight to five office, but I meet in the evenings and sometimes weekends as well if they really just can't do eight to five because they have their day job, you know, that they can't get out of too. Some of the FAQs that I get, number one is just anyone who's getting started in business. They're like, where do I start? Like, I know I'm supposed to get a business license, but like I've heard about this LLC thing and do I need to get an attorney and how much is it going to cost me? And, you know, I'm going to sell this and this, and I'm going to sell in, you know, all over the country, how does sales tax work? So they have all of those, what I call standard questions. Um, and so I answer all of those questions, help them with all that stuff. I can help them with filing their LLC with the secretary of state. Um, I can help them steer clear of scams related to like grants or other things that uh, get sent to them. As soon as you like file for um, your LLC or something, every single person gets like two, at least two things in the mail that are solicitations that they don't have to have. One is a certificate of good standing. And if you do need it, you can get it for like just a few bucks. From the state yourself but you know this solicitation is like we'll get it for you for 85 dollars <laughs> i'm sure you will <laughs> but they don't need it and so those are on the startup side of things and on the other side the most frequently asked question still talking about the business development um the other things that get get asked a lot have to do with financing so how do i get a business loan what's the criteria do you give out money i don't give out money are there grants available? If so, how can I get them? You know, where do I look for them? Those kinds of things. Those are the real typical things. And then those people who are already in business, if they're not looking for financing, um, generally they're asking questions about marketing strategies and I help them with that. That's an interesting three category sort of like that's that's kind of nice, like three buckets. And it, and it, it's sort of the same thing with our roles. We, we kind mm -hmm. of feel the same need for our customers. I think probably just like us, you probably work with a lot of partners. So like we, I think last season had Josh McKim with NCED on here and we've had, <laughs> yeah, folks with the regional council of governments. Um, you know, we had Kim Mildward who I know is a listener. So hi Kim. Um, so, you know, I know that those sort of folks, they work with you, you know, because sometimes they have those resources they're working for. So who are some of those other key partners or that you work with? Because obviously you don't exist in a vacuum, just like we don't. I don't, you're right. And so yes, I know Kim, I know Josh, and I have um, we have resource like official resource partners through the small business development centers across the nation as well. We have um, 
used to be called PTAC, Procurement Technical Assistance Center. They have recently changed names to Apex. I don't know why, but they changed names. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so they, um, so anyone who wants to do contracting with the government, we send them to that specialist. Um, anyone who wants to do international trade, specifically exporting, um, we have international trade specialists um, as one of our resource partners. And so we know who to send them to for that. And then uh, MU Extension, the Extension Office is also a resource partner for us. Actually, MU Extension holds our grant, which sounds weird since I get paid for Northwest, right? <laughs> but uh, each state has to have someone who holds the main SBDC grant and MU Extension actually holds it for the state of Missouri. So we just bill them to get our money back kind of thing <laughs> for the grant. Um, so they just do the administrative side of stuff. But they are definitely a good resource partner. And then many of these partners I work with for both sides of my job. So like Kim Milberg, you mentioned in particular with the Regional Council of Governments, her office and the Missouri Career Centers, Job Centers, they have funding for people to go to school, like WIOA funding, Workforce Investment Opportunity Act funding. And we accept that funding for roughly 30 or so of our programs that are non-credit that lead to certifications that still lead to very good jobs, very high paying jobs without the need for the degree, at least. I always encourage people to get degrees, always, always. So this is a great segue though. Could you tell us like what some of those programs are? Like if somebody's listening yes. and, and they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this opportunity existed. Like what types of programs are those? So one is digital marketing. There's two main groups that give certifications out for digital marketing. One is the American Marketing Association, AMA, not the American Medical Association. <laughs> and then the other one is the uh, DMI, the Digital Marketing Institute, which is recognized globally. And so one of our cert certifications actually gives you the dual certification with both AMI and DMI. And so what I say is like people who want to prove that they can do what they say they can do, that certification is the way to go for that, right? Because then you have evidence that you've put together a portfolio or you have passed a test or whatever that shows that you actually know what you're talking about. And so I think all of those things pair well with a degree. Another one is in the IT world. So information technology, um, Pretty much uh, most people that are going to hire anyone that's related to that field are going to want to see a certification. They love degrees as well, but the certification proves that you can do more than just theory. You can actually show that you've done some stuff. We have uh, one in particular program that's very thorough and it's called uh, it's for Python developers. So that's a type of code. And that's as far as I know about that, because that is not my world. <laughs> But what I can tell you is that, you know, those jobs that are out there pay like on average about $85,000 a year for a Python developer. Um, and so anyone who's interested in that, they can take, you know, this is a six month course that you would take does not lead to a degree, but it does, it does build your portfolio during those six months to prove that you've done projects to show your work. Um, so similar to what you might see in um, a design class or something where you would show your designs. Uh, more and more want to see those types of portfolios for different industries now, including the IT world. So, and, and then digital marketing is another one where they like to see those portfolios. Our courses provide that for them along with the certifications. So it's really difficult to start a small business. There's a listener out there thinking about starting a business. What are some things that maybe people miss frequently that helps make sure that they are successful and that they continue on? Planning. Planning is one and executing on the plan. 
So you hear the, I don't remember whose quote it is, but, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. It's so true. You'd be surprised how many people want to open a business because they're really good at X, Y, Z, right? They are good at making this widget or, you know, they're, they love fixing computers or whatever, or they're great at baking brownies, whatever the case is. But what they fail to do is, is actually plan and really dig into their market and find out if there's a need for that, if or a want for that, or if they can create that want or need. And they don't want to put together a business plan. Um, that seems to really put people off. But it's those who really dig down and put pen to paper or fingers to a typewriter, whatever. Th- those are the ones that are going to do better because when you take the time to put a business plan together, you're making yourself accountable. And that's the one thing that you don't have when you start a business is accountability because it's just you usually. And so who are you accountable to? But if you create a plan, you have some timelines and milestones in there and you have things written out that say, here's what I plan to do with marketing. Here's what I plan to do with XYZ. And if you don't do that, it gets sidetracked and you get so busy working in your business that you don't work on your business. And the one thing beyond just planning has to do with uh, marketing. If you build it, they will come. That is what every entrepreneur believes. You know, I'm going to open this coffee shop and everybody's going to look because it's good, you know, and everybody's going to come. But it never works out that way for them. Because nobody knows about the coffee shop. Yes, they can't go to a place they don't know about, right? And they may not even want to stop even if it's new and they see it because they're like, "Ah, you know, (laughs) why would I stop? So I talk people through that process of like, just think of yourself and what you would do and how you hear about different products or services. And you're going to have to put some money towards that. It is extremely rare for word of mouth or only social media, which are both free to be the be all end all and make a business successful. And I say it's extremely rare because it does happen, but it's very rare. Generally speaking, lots of money gets put towards marketing in order to get the word out be top of mind, you know, build a following, retain customers, you know, marketing is good for all of those things. And people really don't want to put any money towards that. Usually they're bootstrapping it when they first get started. And so they are low on funds and that's the one thing that gets wiped. And that's, it's a killer. I mean, it will kill your business if you don't put money and effort towards marketing. We talk about marketing yourself right? That's what writing a resume, cover letter, networking is. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about, I know you've had a few roles, right? You've at least been an exercise physiologist and uh, (laughs) a director of the SBDC. Can you kind of talk through, especially from that marketing perspective, how you can use those sort of like insights to help someone be able to maybe market themselves for a role? You talked about it in terms of like credentials, but maybe a little bit more on the side of like, if I'm a person who's looking to get a job, what types of things can, do you think people can do to make themselves more, to market themselves better? So uh, one thing is um, that's kind of on the, that's growing now in popularity are, are digital credentials. So like digital badges, you see those on LinkedIn, having a LinkedIn profile, I would first you got to have a profile, right? So I would definitely recommend for students to have a LinkedIn profile and, you know, try to get as many connections as they can um, while they're in, in college, actual real world 
work experience. That helps a lot on a resume, especially when you're first getting started, because I hear the frustration all the time. And I remember I had it as well. I had work experience. Like I started working when I was 15 and just kept working. Right. But then you get these, um, you get out of college and they're like, well, we want you to have experience in this. So you have to be able to either figure out how you can translate what you did into the skills that they need and, and show that somehow on your resume, or you have to have some of that experience yourself. So internships are very, very important for that purpose, whether they're paid or not. They're very good. If they're in the industry you're trying to break into, that gives you the real world experience, which also gives you a leg up to get into the, in the door. And sometimes those internships turn into actual jobs. Yeah. So also you mentioned personal training, right? You got your certification. Yes. Honestly, side hustles are a great way to get experience. And I think yes, students don't take enough advantage of that. I mean, yes. if you're running your own business, you quickly find out where your weaknesses are. Yeah. I found out that like soliciting clients for me, was very difficult because to this day, I am not a salesperson or anything. So they had to know someone who knew someone, which is why I only had a few clients, right? Because like I said, now that I'm more experienced, I understand like I wasn't marketing. It, it was just like, if you heard about me and you were interested because someone so said that I was doing a good job with them. Great. But you know, that's a very slow way to build a business and it's fine if you have no overhead and you're in college, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's not okay if, if it's a, um, a business you're trying to scale. Great insight. Great, great transferable insight from yes. one side to the other. How can people get a hold of you if maybe they have this great idea or they've had, you know, this thought in the back of their mind that, you know, hey, I'd like to start this business. I make great widgets. How do I sell them? You know, how can they <laughs> yeah. get a hold of you if they want to do that? So they can call my office directly, um, 816-364-4105. Or you got my name here, Rebecca Lobina. They can email me. <laughs> which is just my last name, Lobina at nwmissouri.edu. Either of those will get you directly to me. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. Let's see here. But yeah, just just give, reach out to me and I'm happy to, to talk with anyone and help them. And, and a lot of clients, I have long-term clients that just reach out from time to time as they have questions as they've grown their business more and more. And those are always fun because you get to see the growth and you know that you help just a tiny bit with that. Yeah. Different phases of business, different problems, right? So as you That's grow, right. you're going to have new problems that Rebecca can help you with. So That's right. that more was amazing. More <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was great. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Travis. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.